0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Supermercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we
0: are looking at uh, several games from the Street Fighter series, particularly the subset of Street Fighter EX.
1: Yes, there were three games uh, that we're going to be featuring today on this episode, Street Fighter EX 1, 2, and 3. The first two were Arcade and PS1 entries, and the third was a PS2 entry. This is a lot of really fun and cheesy fusion music, and it's going to be a really good time. I wanted to mention that we're recording this episode a little bit of an odd time uh, compared to what we usually do. Will just got off a pretty long schedule of classes, and and we're recording this at night, so this might be a little more of a casual, kind of brain-fried episode but the music is going to be nothing but bangers yeah i think and that's exactly what you know you'd want at the
0: end of a long day i think (laughs) fusion music has a sort of nighttime quality to it i think a lot of game music can be really uh enjoyed in those bleary hours You know, well into, you know, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I mean, some of my favorite memories of MagFest playing arcade games until really late in the night or hearing video game music. Yeah, it's super, you know, you're tired, you're exhausted. It's in the wee hours of the morning. I think this music really comes alive in those hours.
1: Yeah. We got to give a shout out to our good buddy, Carlos. Um, he's one of the reasons why I decided to do this episode. It's actually been on my docket for a long time, but I know he's a big fan of this particular sub series as well as the entire Street Fighter series. Uh, it's, it's music that really reminds me of him. Um, There's quite a few tracks, maybe three or four on our episode that we have played on the podcast before, and they're classics, and there's going to be a lot of new classics today. I'm really excited. What do you say, Will? Should we just dive into some great fusion? Let's do it. What you guys heard was Spinning Bird, Chun-Li, from Street Fighter EX. Now, if anyone's curious, the version of Street Fighter EX that we're playing today, it sounds really good. It's actually called Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha, and they actually were able to get more of a live band, kind of an arranged approach compared to the original arcade version. So that's what we're playing today. First game composed by Shinji Hosoi, Takayuki Aihara, and Ayako Sasso. Let's move on to Rising Dragoon, which is Ryu from Street Fighter EX. Are listening to Rising Dragoon, which is Ryu, or technically it's more like Rue, <laughs> uh theme from Street Fighter EX. Um, and I don't have the breakdown of the crediting on this first game. I do have it for the second and the third. Um, but yeah, we have uh quite a few awesome composers. I think they were like ex Namco composers um that they got to, to work on. All three of these titles. I think the third game they did also bring in uh, Watanabe into the mix. But yeah, wonderful composers. What a sound. What an energy. I mean, getting the real performance um, is, is a real treat. We're actually not going to get that fully for all of the titles today. So, uh, so yeah, it's a real treat, at least on this first one. Um, man, just coming out of the gate swinging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I really love the production i love how cheesy it is frankly i mean like that's that's a particular it's very 90s the ample orchestra hits the tasteless synth and digital reverb it's actually like it's something that um i'd be jealous i'm jealous of the ability to make something that sounds exactly like this because if i wanted to do this i'd have to go out of my way to make it sound this 90s Um, and I'm so, and that's what I love about when you listen to music from the past, it's like so often the differences, a lot of it comes out of the input devices that we're using, like the technology itself. Yeah. Um, I was, it was something we were just talking about in one of my classes today, which is kind of like. We, we were talking about you know why it's so difficult to write music in that sort of John Williams Jerry Goldsmith old-fashioned style in a dawn sequencer and then one of my teachers just pointed it out and he's like well it's probably because John Williams wouldn't know how to do that it's like there's a reason why that music sounds that way it, it's yeah. written
1: in, from a different method with different tools well I um, like that you brought that up because Will can you imagine that originally this music you would have liked it a lot less these compositions you should listen to to the original version. Uh, it's the same music, but it's not with these fleshed out, real, performed, awesome arrangements. So I would actually be curious to get your reaction of that original version. This version is just living and breathing and oh, so fun.
0: Now, the yeah, the musical material did strike me and it felt very sort of Street Fighter and fun. Um, but yeah, it is hard without that polish. I do feel like this was a piece of music that I guess I was probably more wowed by the production and the overall aesthetic of it than I was by any particular like melody or lines standing out to me. Um, But it's also just, it's such a colorful arrangement. It's hard not to notice that stuff.
1: Right. Well, let's move on to such a fun infusion-y piece. I really like this one a lot. It's Result from Street Fighter EX. Let's take a listen. You guys listening to Result, uh, this is from the version we're playing today of the first title is called Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha. And we're only focusing on three titles today, so we're able to get most of the great tunes from these games. There's a lot that we still aren't going to have time for, but I love this track. It's really funny, and it's actually a little bit more 80s um, than 90s. It's very synthy and twinkly. But I really like it. The groove is outstanding. Really good drums.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I just really, I do have a fondness for this aesthetic. And part of it has to do with the obviously sampled drums. The yeah. rearticulation of the same snare sample. There's something charming about it. There's a particular aesthetic. There's a punch to it, certainly. And a nostalgia that we have, I think... A lot of us from game music.
1: It actually fits this composition and this this track perfectly. Like, not all the tracks have live drum kit. And I'm glad, like, there's, like you said, there's a charm to that kind of effect with, at least with this track. I think it works perfectly for this result theme.
0: Yeah. I, I, musically, there's a lot of richness here. The thing that Carl and I have been talking about, I feel like whenever the, the tracks start playing, we, we each immediately have comments because the music is just so stylized, but... You know, I, it's hard for me to imagine um, being in the mindset of someone, but I know that so many people would probably listen to this and they would absolutely hate it. They would hate everything about it. They'd hate the production. They'd hate the chords. They'd hate the energy, the vibe, the style. And it's like what's so interesting is that all of those things are exactly what I love about it. And I I, I do it's think definitely music subjective. is so – it is Some of these things are arbitrary. Some of it is very subjective that it's just like – you kind of have to buy into it. It's it's like a lot of movies. Like I showed Emma um for the first time uh, from dusk to dawn, which I know is just a really bizarre film and it it's like for people who like it it's exactly their cup of tea and it's not totally mine but it really was Emma's and I had a feeling she would really like it just that idea of like making such a stupid campy silly kind of pulp movie but taking it so seriously for the whole first hour well what's
1: cool is there's actually a lot of diversity in the Street Fighter EX series like a track like that I, I absolutely agree that It's so cheesy, there's some people that would not be able to stomach that. But I think there's actually something for everyone, at least in one piece of music in this series. There There yeah. is some some really great composition and actually quite a few different genres that are explored. Well, and I don't,
0: wanna, I don't want it to be... I absolutely loved this track. I loved it from start to finish every but single I know, second. But I know what you're getting at. But yeah, it's, it's like part of what I love about it is the confidence. It's kind of like I view myself in some ways... I, I haven't thought about this before, but in some ways as composers and musicians, we sort of belong to a, a club or a team, and there's different factions in that team. And some of the things that Carl and I really love and celebrate on this podcast, I feel like is sort of how we identify ourselves as a team. We like groove, we like melody, we like catchy, appealing, um, material songs that that sound like this, yeah. And so, when I hear something that's so confidently in this aesthetic and it's clearly not operating even one toe in the world of like i want to do something sort of reserved and cool and tasteful i don't know the music is cool because of their confidence you know
1: well that's something that carries across this entire series there's a lot of confidence and really great composition great performance great arrangement i'm so excited to keep going Uh, the next one is just such a fun fun tune this is it's called sakura mankai which is hokuto's Theme, again from Street Fighter EX, here we go. Of this you guys are listening to sakura mankai which is hokuto's theme the composers again for this first title uh, are shinji hosoe takuyuki aihara and ayako saso yeah it's a cool sound i mean going for this traditional stereotypical asiatic uh stage theme but also bring in the funk as well in the fusion it's it's so cool. It's very gamey, as Will was saying. But yeah, there's there's a lot to appreciate in a track like this. Very much so. I
0: think it has a sort of <clears throat> harmonically this type of oscillating back and forth half step progression. There's a particular brand of spice, a sort of like I don't know, a piquant quality that it is. <sighs> It's very particular, and I have so much association because of games, just with so many particular uh, genres and styles from gaming. Well,
1: you know what you know what I like about this progression is there's a darkness to it, surely, but because you kind of get used to it, there's also a comfort to it. It's not like super creepy. I think there's a reason certainly it, it crops up because it's a very
0: simple gesture and it's a very simple way to both have a very long form because it's so cyclical. There there's that sort of ambiguity of tonality when you're just moving back and forth between two sort of equivalent chords or basically they're a half step apart. You can't really identify a functional position in it other than maybe like i guess if you're going from like a minor 1 chord to a major flat 2 chord you could think of that as almost like the the 5th and 6th scale degree of another of a minor scale or something but it's right. so ambiguous that it's perfectly cycl- cyclical you don't hear functional harmony and it's so it, i think it's so useful for game composers because it's really loopable
1: Yeah. Another thing I want to mention, you guys heard that we didn't have time to to play it before we fade down, but you heard it hopefully in in the back there. There's some really great bridge sections and like additional material that happens with this music late in the track. And so definitely listen to these scores in full because there's a lot of wonderful stuff that we don't have time to really hear today. Uh, All right. It is now time very early in our episode to move on to this week's track of the week. (laughs) Kind of an odd placement, but it makes sense because we're starting off with this first game. This is my favorite track in the series. It's one of my favorite PS1 tracks of all time, if I'm going to call it that. It's just such a unique piece of music. It's a true banger. We're going to try to give this a little bit longer than we typically do, just because it kind of really goes on a journey. This is Strange Sunset, which is Guile's theme. Here we go. This is why I love video game music. This is one of the tracks that I could show to someone if they really didn't get it. Um, it's incredible. This is one of my favorite pieces of EGM. It is an all-time classic, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because I was going through um, different series. I don't know why I, I stumbled upon Strange Sunset again, but when I did, I just it made me realize how much I love this. We've sung the praises of this track at least once before. So I've been familiar with it for years, but it just is a classic. I mean, the fact that it starts out with that swing, like that fusion swing, but then going into the rock groove, such an incredible groove there. And just the synth lines, so devious.
0: Video game music is so cool. I mean, we just have to embrace that. There's things stylistically that happen in games that happen uh, very few other places. I don't want to say nowhere else, but it's like this particular combination of melodic and really intricately written, groovy, and appealing instrumental like pop jazz fusion. People always want to say jazz fusion, and there are clearly amazing jazz fusion bands, but the particular balance of elements is different I say for oh my the God, most part yeah. in games and it, there's nothing quite like a great piece of game music and something like this shows you that you know it, it it inspires us that it's like the game music sound isn't just that cute little innocent nostalgic thing from our childhood it's really sophisticated and it it employs um a pretty advanced harmonic palette a very advanced rhythmic palette and in terms of sonority and in production, but it's just, again, I feel like so many musical genres, you know, there's, there's more in common than there is different. So the devil's in the mm-hmm. details, you know, it's like what makes yeah. this gamey is a very particular set of things. And it's not necessarily that it's totally different from other types of music, but it's just about the balance, the combination and the, uh,
1: the motivation behind why How this is How compact it is. You know, you have to fit so much, you have to jam so much in three minutes, yeah. And then the reason why I chose this for Track of the Week also is I think it is the best showcase of the real performance in this series. I mean, hearing this, part of what makes it so special is the really great jazz and then funk and then rock performance of these instrumentalists. I mean, that really comes to life on this one. But yeah, such a unique piece of music. We're not talking today very much about context in game. We're just talking about the music, but this is almost too good too crazy for (laughs) i don't know a street fighter theme it kind of blows my mind Um, but in any case yeah there you go folks strange sunset uh let's move on the next track we have we only have two more from ex before we move on this is called garnet sky which is jack the theme of jack i don't know that character anyway here we go guys are listening to garnet sky jack from ex technically ex plus alpha a weird title for that ps1 version of an original arcade game yeah this is a cool track the fretless bass really soars on this one it's it's a cool quirky mixture um yeah i really i, I think this works for me it, it has that kind of ethnic uh, spiciness that you get in a lot of cliche video game music, but there's something about this particular track that is a little bit more entertaining than you might get in a lot of a lot of its counterparts.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, this is a track that leans on cliche, and I mean, I think that's a lead. big. That's a big part of the aesthetic of Street Fighter is leaning on, uh, in some cases, sort of insensitive uh, racial stereotypes. Um, we don't have to get into that, but you know, part of the aesthetic of Street Fighter is the sort of caricature quality of the different geographic regions, and that playing yeah. a role in the music or not I is think really that... important, because they're, in Street Fighter, it's like... They define sort of the main characters as Ryu and Ken by having their music the least locational. Right. Um, so it makes them feel like these are the two heroes. But what
1: I find, Will, what I find interesting is with the EX sub-series, that's a little bit less... Common, Like the music is a little more paint by not paint by numbers, but because they're going for fusion, like some of those tunes, I don't know where they were in the world and what the character was like. I mean, it kind of doesn't matter as much as it did in like Street Fighter 2.
0: Yeah, that's something I, I would love to get Carlos's perspective, because I'm sure that's something that Street Fighter fans talk about. And I'm sure it's something that's divisive, because I I think it's kind of like we see this a lot of times in games where the early entries are a little more tongue in cheek, and then eventually their iconography becomes sort of sacrosanct. I think Castlevania is a great example. And even, you know, Legend of Zelda, originally all these things were tropes. So Link was just, you know, some elf kid with a sword and Castlevania. Simon Belmont, it was all playing up cliches. But eventually, you know, these series become our long-running, they're our equivalent to big movie franchises. So the the specific iconography becomes sacred. Mario's hat and overalls is a perfect example. Yep. Um and so I, I think there are probably some people who really like the charm of that early Street Fighter where everything's a little tongue-in-cheek. And I'm sure there are some fans that maybe appreciate the the more subtlety of um, not necessarily being so locational.
1: Well, Will, you are going to love this next track. It's very melodic, very schmaltzy, but in the context of jazz fusion, it's it's really good. It's called Precious Heart, which is a theme of Sakura. Here we go. guys listening to precious heart it feels like a classic it's just really emotional and going all out on the cheesiness i guess i'll say but it's so charming so appealing it's cool to get the sacks taking the lead on this track it's not the norm um for this series and this is an interesting one to to kind of close our time today with the first entry uh, in the series this is a to me this is a standout track Absolutely a
0: standout, a very killer melody. I'm, again, I'm always honored, Carl. Whenever you say like you're gonna like this one, because you usually are spot on. Which I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I should be insulted that you know me so well. But the thing that I love about this, is how could I, you I not always, know you so you well? You always at this point. say that to a track that's like really. Uh, very melodically well-crafted. Like, a a sort of predictable form, but you can tell, you know, they got out the eraser, they got out the pencil. It's like, it has that sort of, like, it's very precise with its repetition, with its shape, and I do really... I don't know. I appreciate maybe the craftsmanship, but it also just moves me. I find yeah. phrases like this really appealing. What's so funny about this is with all that being said, this track is like on the verge of almost being too saccharine for me. Oh, and yeah. Part of it too. is like just with it the, made the me saxophone laugh doing it. these gestures. It is very like laugh inducing and in the wrong context. I mean,
1: this is the kind of thing that. And I'm sure Carlos has been waiting for us to say this, but I got to say at least once today, why is this Street Fighter music? (laughs) I don't get it. I truly don't get why this fits a fighting game, but whatever.
0: Yeah, I guess though I think a lot of that stuff, it probably is more arbitrary, but we've just like... That, that sound that we grew up with is kind of like what we have emblazoned as like, because if you just think about it, you know, it, yeah. why does Takashi Tateishi sound like Mega Man? Why does anything sound? It's like, why is the language of every old game like 80s IRL rock, when you pop? get into
1: a fight on the street, which I, I don't know about you, Will, but I do that a lot. Uh, there isn't any music playing. It's really weird. I got into the fight the other day and it was just <laughs> silent. I was like, where's the music? So who knows I what it sounds it, like? Yeah. It definitely
0: sounds kind of like a fighting montage. It's like the Japanese colorful version of like the the montage scene. But I think it's just. That's true. Yeah, it's fun. It's always charming to me to hear real instruments playing such game, game gamey gestures, melodies that are like the most (laughs) video game thing I could think of
1: today the music is very gamey because
0: I, I always get told i mean i'm sure you do too i mean i feel like more of your stuff is explicitly for games but i'm always told this sounds like video games i feel oh, like yeah, everything yeah, i write people always i can't say that escape to me. that
1: and that's yeah. okay badge of honor well we're gonna move on to street fighter ex2 and i think compositionally this might have some of my highlights in the series there's a bit of performance here and there but it's not not nearly as much um as that street fighter ex plus alpha that we heard so it's going to be a little bit of a different sound but we're going to move on in any case uh we do have specific crediting so the first track we're playing from ex2 today is by ayako saso it's called white field here we go Absolutely killer rhythms here. You guys listening to Whitefield, I adore this track. It's from Street Fighter EX2. I will say if there was a version that had as much real performance as some of that, plus alpha uh, that we heard from the first game, this could have been a track of the week contender for me. This is composed by Ayako Sasso. We have the specific crediting for this game. Yeah, EX2 is so cool. And a lot of that I hadn't heard before preparing for this episode. So I am a huge fan of the second score there's a sweetness and a sense of imagination that this score has um it's just really cool stuff
0: you know this is one of those pieces where listening to it as video game music to me it's so authentic japanese jazz fusion particularly yeah. the rhythms but yet if, if this is one of those pieces where it's like if Carlos played this for me and he's like oh this is just you know a Japanese band from the 80s I'd be like it's so video gamey cuz it is so video gamey but in the context of game music there are certain uh, obviously these these beautiful like slash chords and this harmonic palette is is very fusiony but these rhythms these da 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 and every time the same kind of three pitches it's kind of the same EX three groove. chords yeah Really changing the um, rhythmic feel of where we're hitting those downbeats, it's something that honestly oh, love it. it there's so much potential in pop music to do this kind of thing because it it's that blend of simplicity and complexity. you know in popular forms of music, you can't get away with too much in your face complexity because the average yep. listener will just check out. So finding something like this, where it's like we're repeating the same three notes, the same three chords again and again, so you have, you're have linked to something that's easy to follow, so you can just make it as complex and intricate, and when you have everyone playing together, those are those moments where, to me, you, you get goosebumps, especially in live yeah. music, where it's like, I feel this all the time with your funk band, Carl, where it's like, when you guys are locked in together doing a really tight, complicated syncopation, it's physically impressive, that feeling of the organization of that something that's so chaotic hmm. but clearly is logical because everyone is playing it at the same time yeah the
1: rehearsed like organized chaos is, is is always a goal for sure so i appreciate that okay this next track is one of the most i know we've been talking about gaminess but it's one of the most video gamey tracks on the the playlist uh very cheesy but a nice strong melody this is the infinite earth guys listening to the infinite earth oh it's just so video gamey so fun and imaginative do you see what i mean will this ex2 music is it just gets my imagination going it feels endless and twinkly and and just the best ah yeah this is outstanding music it's so fusiony it's so
0: fun it's so unabashed it's all those things we were talking about before uh again the, the some of the best video game music it's kind of like a person who is so comfortable in their own skin that they're physically attractive to you, that it's like they're so not worried about what you think that you find yourself drawn to them. And, I mean, this is how I feel about my fiance. This is how I feel about Emma, where it's like she so doesn't kowtow or acquiesce to, like, what people expect from her that I just find it so appealing to be around someone who's that just, like, I don't know, vivacious and of their own beats to their own drum. And mm-hmm. great game music is like that, where it's just like, it's so not concerned with being cool that it's the coolest freaking thing ever because the music is so bubbly and colorful and it's, it wants you to like it certainly because it's, it's written with so much heart and craft. But it's, it doesn't feel insecure. It feels like
1: it's just sharing pure joy. I didn't mention, but you guys are hearing guitar. There's a shredding guitar solo in this track. And so that's what I was saying about EX2 is that there is some performance. Now, it could... I don't, I don't remember. I need to listen to it more to, to really um, remember. But I think it might just be guitar... Um, and then the rest of it is mostly fake stuff, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some bass, some real bass here and there. Well, we'll, I'm sure we'll figure out it as we go, but yeah. Um, I will say that EX2, I think has some of the strongest melodies, uh, in the series. In my opinion, that EX, especially that arranged version we played, it is tough to beat that, that excitement in the, in the production. Um, but yeah, this, ah, this is such good music. Let's
0: keep going. I do here. really like the the vibe here though, too. It isn't just the melodies. I do like the aesthetic of this. Like that Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's perfect. That sort of pulse lead synth is so retro and so of a particular style. I mean, it's kinda like we were talking about the sampled drums. The like so much of this stuff, it's born out of necessity. And yet it's like over time we codify it as as an aesthetic. Like You're chip absolutely music is right. a perfect it's, example
1: it's just as confident as the the arranged versions we were listening to previously it just happens to be more chippy more synthy it's just more in that vein it's it's a little bit less about the band like the live band kind of a thing uh which is totally fine uh this next track we're going to play is called flash train and this one was composed by shinji hosoe here we go You guys are listening to flash train and i think ex2 so impressive because we were so wowed by the live band stuff that we got in the first game but musically i feel like we're being wowed even more with this ex2 stuff it's just oh it's so exciting
0: yeah very much so i love this music i love the composition the drumming and the groove too it isn't just the drumming it's kind of like the drum groove seems actually uh, more basic than I'm hearing, but it's all the rhythmic interaction. Some of
1: those fast, Oh my god, very there's so much yeah. Astenati, subdivision.
0: Yeah, they they create that feeling of like a really intricate funk drum pattern.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, yeah, this is just a killer track. I would love to hear um, like a really solid fusion band do like a EX2 concert i don't even want a medley i want like a bunch of these songs just like a full set of like ex2 music oh, oh man. my god
0: now this part sounds like modern day fusion
1: like, yeah there, some of those there's weird chord moments here and there that when i was listening to this whole series i i got some kind of modern fusion vibes <laughs> um, it's just
0: so cool I mean I, what's funny is like the first time I heard that type of gesture In more modern fusion stuff I feel like it's so explicitly retro But particularly like this right. exact synth tone We're getting The fact that it sounds like it's actually It's really accurately modeling The timbre of a saxophone That particular synth in like the vibrato mm-hmm. And the way it's played So it has that sort of ewe. quality about it It's kind of Yeah for it's sure Ewey-esque That sounds like a word
1: that if you say it like, too slowly, you'll vomit in your own mouth. Ew, Ask. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we got next. Um, we do have a lot of EX2 music because it's so freaking good. Next track we got is called Lost Sea. Uh, this one was composed by Ayako Sasso. Here we go. You guys are listening to Lost Sea, maybe one of the most unique pieces on the playlist. It doesn't sound like most EX music. It's really cool. First of all, we are in six, um, but there's a feel change that happens. It's a very devious, kind of dastardly piece of music. It's by Sasso. It's It's really, really outstanding. I absolutely love
0: this. I mean, we've talked about confidence today, but something that feels very affirming to me is I was telling Carl, like, I I have an insecurity about my own music, which is that I feel like sometimes I... And I've been told by my teachers, like, oh, you're always doing too much. Like, just stick to this one idea for longer. But then Mm. I listen to great game music like this, and what I love is how... How it much just depends it who you're listening to. Yeah, it's like when you get to that section change, not only are we going in new harmonic territory, but there's huge timbre shifts, new colors and instruments, but a, a groove shift. We've gone from swung to straight, and it really these dynamic contrasts in one piece of music, to me it does all feel linked together, and it makes me, first of all, more engaged, and I appreciate the material with a different ear when you have kind of a... Uh, A groove stylistic change like that it makes your ear kind of
1: perk up I feel you know what's funny Will is I told you that the EX2 music to me is is so imaginative and I realized that where my imagination is going when I'm listening to this music and also these titles don't have names on them like the first game did I'm totally imagining not a fighting game at all. When I'm, like, I'm listening to Lost Sea, Flash Train, The Infinite Earth. I'm imagining more of like a platformer, or like an RPG or something. So that's just that's just my own stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> I really that's love this funny. B
0: section, though. I, I love not only the groove of it, it. It reminds me of something that has happened in our music where we write, we compose the composition without thinking of the drums. And so there'll be a second section that, and then you go in to do the drums and you realize like, oh, I was being vague about this on the piano and it sort of worked, but now I have to actually realize it and lean into this groove and be super explicit. But what I love about that is like, I say just lean into it. Have the drums yeah. change. Like There really aren't any rules. <laughs> I think we, <laughs> it's should, your music. we should take advantage of that and make music that does feature that kind of dynamic transition. We're yeah. solving new musical problems when we do that as opposed by, to just living on the conventional wisdom.
1: Right. Well, let's rock out now. This is a tune called Before Moon. These titles are silly. From EX2, this one is composed by Shinji Hosoe. Here we go. A back-to-back banger followed by banger we have lost sea and then before moon two of the most unique tracks on the day and two of my favorites i love this track i will say that it took me a little bit of time to like fully love it like i i liked it when i first heard it but i let it play you know for the whole the whole thing and then by the time it ended i kind of wanted to listen to it again so then i listened to it immediately a second time and and I was like, this is kind of amazing. <laughs> it's very odd. Something about that riff is a little bit off, but I really, really like it. It's composed Dude, yeah, by... yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I feel like it's hitting Shinji me even better. better. I feel like it's
0: hitting me even better upon repeat. You know, yeah, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. da da, 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 da. is not it just an earworm? It's, it's very noty and it's very angular, but, you know, I, again conventional wisdom. We have to throw some of that stuff aside. Not not that it doesn't have its place, but oftentimes we're told that really memorable ideas are simple ones. And that can be true, but oftentimes something can be catchy because of its quirks. It's just like there's a phenomenon in a lot of pop music, lyric writing, of intentionally stressing the wrong syllable. Um, And particularly when you do it with syncopation, it'll make your phrase... And it's by breaking a sort of rule, an implicit rule that you should sing words the way you speak them. Well, you know something? Uh, by breaking cool... that
1: rule, you make it memorable because it stands out. You know something cool about this track and really a lot of EX tracks is it's an interesting balance of breaking rules and doing something that a lot of people wouldn't do or maybe tell you not to do with a little bit more of a traditional uh, approach. I mean, in certain ways, because yeah. like the use of contrast. On this one is is very by the books i mean going to this b section where it switches to halftime there's a lot of really effective contrast in in the sections of the ex music and so well
0: you know what's interesting i feel like a lot of analysis of music has to do with analyses of form which are interesting but to me form is more a tool form is both a tool for a composer to generate material. So it's like an agreed upon thing that, you know, we're going to have four bar phrases. We're going to have a yeah. verse and chorus structure, but within that framework, this is what I'm inventing. Yeah, In exactly. Classical composers was the same thing within the framework of sonata form. This is what I can do. And so I think when analysis of music gets entirely about form, you miss the point that when writing a piece of music, in uh, like this that's very formal and measured and predictable you're kind of it's a game of sorts it's like when you're playing monopoly you don't just pick up the piece and throw it across the room well i what i
1: will say why it's important to talk about in this track is because the riff is so weird and a lot of the elements of this track are so notey and frantic I do think it was a good choice to make it in 4-4, have a clear structure, have repetition. I think that was really good because otherwise it would have been just chaos.
0: Well, right, and that's why I'm saying I I think there are some forms of music that consider themselves like the most expressive because they're doing everything at once. But the problem is... the sound musically of doing everything at once Sometimes it's is the overload. sound of noise. I mean, that's literally what white noise is. Complexity isn't the end goal. The goal is to see how much complexity can you distill to a listener and kind of bring them along for the ride. And a riff like this, to me, is such a great example. I would
1: say that is definitely Higashioji's philosophy of <laughs> <when he creates laughs> me, totally. like, how much can I cram into this and still make it make sense to the listener. It is pretty amazing. Uh, Let's move on. Um, Apologies for the pronunciation. I never really know how to pronounce his name here. What what would you say, Will? Shinji Hosoe. What would you... Yeah, I think Hosoe is perfect. Hosoe, okay. Um, All right, this is an interesting title. It's Fake World. Here we go. These composers are absolutely out of control. They're on another level. It's so great that they got them to score all three of these games, and we do have a a composer that's going to be joining uh, on X3, but oh, this is so good. Will Will is just continually blown away today with the confidence that these composers are showing. I mean, it's really helpful that they're all on the same page, and they're all so good at um, composing music in this style, and so it, it really seemed like it was a a dream uh, series of, of projects for them to work on. I would love to hear an interview with them kind of talking about how they made these tunes. But yeah, this is this is a cool one, Snarly. I've been thinking a lot today about
0: um, when composers can tap into a place where they're channeling the best of their acquired knowledge but they're also hitting a deeper level, whether it's like yeah. intuition or some other primal, you know, I, I, I had the honor actually of recently talking to Bruce Broughton, uh, legendary composer. We've sung his praises on the podcast before, but he said something interesting, which is that uh, he finds the most productive hours for writing music are either right away in the morning or really late at night. Because it's that moment where <laughs> you're sort of in between the dream state and the awake state that you're not so consciously judging your own material as it's coming out you know jazz pianists have talked about that where it's like once i got out of my own way and i stopped judging what i was playing i got a lot more free and that's that sort of Mm -hmm. space that that you know zone of they call it i think the zone of proximal development or whatever but uh that sort of area of where your mind is like a sponge, and you're yeah, there's a lot of ways to do
1: that. I mean, i I definitely wouldn't suggest um overall working or, or or making music while, like intoxicated. But I did remember one time I had a couple glasses of wine, and I was just feeling very loose and very free, and I just went on the piano, and I came up with something really cool that, I don't know if I would have come up with the same thing, because, like you said, I did. I didn't have that judgment, and I was just, I was just having fun and, and right. just kind of jamming. Well, well,
0: that's a good point, Carl. And I feel like what it shows is that says more about us than it says about the substances. You know, because we all find little tricks to get into that place. But really, the the lesson to be learned is don't judge the material before you've put it down. And it's also, it's not your place as an artist to be your own art critic insofar as like, it's your job to make the best thing possible. So if the judgment is constructive, that's one thing. But sometimes I think, you know, the cause of something like writer's block can
1: be a real problem for a lot of people. That leads them to never really write a lot of music or finish yeah. a lot of music. Is they're just maybe too critical of themselves? Where it's like, really, just just finish the song, and it doesn't have to be your masterpiece. It can just be a song that you finished, and you can always move on to to another song. <laughs> it's kind of my my approach. Yeah, um, but yeah, let's move on to Street Fighter EX Three, and this was an interesting uh, title because. When I looked it up, it wasn't originally released for the arcade. It was just released for the PS2. It was, I think, a launch game. It came out in 2000. Very early PS2 game here. And we have a lot of the same composers returning, but we also have uh, Yasuhisa Watanabe joining the mix, and what a great composer he is. We're going to start things off with a tune called Ancient Zone, and this one was composed by Takeyuki Aihara. Here we go. You guys listening to Ancient Zone, and yes, if you had a feeling like EX3 is going to explore some different territory, it absolutely does, particularly in some of the pieces that we don't have time for today, I definitely recommend listening to the whole thing. Um, it's kind of a different score. It's probably my least favorite out of the three, but there are some real standouts for sure, and so really glad, hopefully, we get to, to feature most of those from EX3 today. This, this is cool. It's very pretty. It's gorgeous, yeah. Interesting to get this
0: um, different stylistic approach. And it has nothing even to do with the violin. It's even just compositionally, this feels a little bit more... I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, but it's a little more by the books in the sense of, like, this feels like a more... um, The the harmonic adventures aren't as extreme. The rhythmic groove is a bit more predictable, but these are are some like I mean weird. We're not not saying that stuff happening. Yeah, more complex doesn't necessarily equal better. This is an excellent piece of music with a gorgeous melody. Yeah,
1: I think where um, where Aihara decided to get weird was some of those textural colors and synth sound effects. Just weird like those kind of weird wet colors. Um, That's kind of maybe the weirdest thing about this piece.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. There are so many temptations in music. It's very tempting to try to simplify concepts because we want to find rules things that we can hang our hat on so it'd be very tempting to say that like every great piece of music needs something really simple really complex and something silly or quirky in it or every great track has a oddity (laughs) in it but that's not necessarily true because there's plenty of great pieces of music that are simple as simple can be and there's plenty of simple pieces that are really boring it's there's not a one rule the
1: interesting thing though is when we're doing a podcast episode and we have the context of all these previous EX tracks, it is hard not to compare and be like, oh, man, this track isn't as weird as, as the others or it's not as experimental. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's a good point because we, we have been kind of given the taste of this complexity. So it's kind of, that's been the normalized sound world. So in the same way that like we've talked about before, if you have a really simple harmonic palette any bit of chromaticism is very, it, it becomes aware and really effective. Yeah. So it's useful to have that restraint. The downside of it is when, in this is the opposite example of you have a really sophisticated palette. When you do something simple, we can't appreciate the earnestness as much. Even the way we talked about this, I feel like in another context, we would have heard this track and been like, what a beautiful melody, what a great composition. But in the context of today's episode, hearing all the weird stuff, our ear is prepared for the weirdness. And so we hear this as sort of almost like a letdown of energy. It's a good reminder as composers that context is a big part of what we do. It's not just about
1: absolute music, you know? Well, I'm so excited... For this next track, Will, I think you're going to really enjoy this. It's called Beery Beery Red Heat, and it's composed by Ayako Sasso. Here we go. It's so good, but it's so twisted, isn't it? Oh, something's amiss in the world of Beery Beery Red Heat. I'd love to know the context, Carlos. This is from EX3. Uh, It's composed by Ayako Sasso. Oh, man. Yeah, (laughs) this one is so weird. I mean, we were talking about Ancient Zone. Like, oh, it's not that weird. This one changes, like, every few measures. It kind of can't really decide what piece it is, and that's kind of... What's really charming about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
0: it feels like a lot of game music thrown into a blender. Um, that sounds really yeah. judgy and negative, but I don't mean it entirely negatively. I don't mean it entirely positively either, so I'm trying to figure out what I
1: mean. It's a weird track. I It really works for me. I I, I think there's a comedic quality to it. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, again, you do
0: have to admire the confidence here. And part of that confidence means you're going to go up to the the edge, the line of saccharin. And not only are you going to cross it, you're going to throw a freaking beach party on the other side of the, the line. It's like you're so past the point of flirting with cheesy yeah. that you're just it's cheesy. It's, it's fully cheesy. But it's like whether it's aware of that in embracing it or unaware of that, it's just so cool and it's like
1: it, the confidence well, is so strong. and charming. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that Will. This music's very cheesy. The um, basically everything on our playlist. But what I love about the Street Fighter EX music is it's not textbook. You know, it's like yeah. there's elements here that some people might raise their their nose at. But some of the things that are happening here, I would never expect, and they don't remind me of other music of right. any kind. And so Dude, it's very surprising bold music, too. It, it, people also need to remember, like, there are certain
0: artists or certain kinds of music that people look down on for cultural reasons more than aesthetic ones, like... Kenny G is an example or Nickelback or there's all these like bands or I mean Coldplay, honestly, where people just they're more of a meme. They're like a joke. People don't take it seriously. And I think the thing is, is sometimes that happens for legitimate artistic reasons that there's a there's a formula. There's a lack of of a genuine creativity. There's maybe that feeling of someone is a sellout or they're commercially milking the same you know cow so to speak again and again and again just for profit uh but then i think there are certain kinds of things that people have a distaste for aesthetic reasons only and i think when that's the case you can train your ear you can learn to appreciate something outside of your immediate comfort zone yeah
1: i guess i'll say that the sounds the instrumental choices are cheesy that's kind of it i mean yes
0: yes yeah, the music—the music is very
1: well crafted and well composed, and super Indeed. inventive. This next track is such a banger, one of the best tracks of the whole series. It's composed by Yasuhisa Watanabe. It's "Harem Beat." You guys are listening to harem beat and to say that it's a unique piece of music today is an understatement it's so cool and that's because it's coming from the mind of yasuhisa watanabe known as yak Um, there was an old marcato radio episode that was a spotlight on this composer he's really really good really unique though and just kind of crazy i mean a lot of this music is crazy, but this is on another level. This is <laughs> amazing, amazing fusion. Yeah, absolutely. This is phenomenal.
0: Man, I, I'm just, I feel so creatively stimulated by today's Yeah, I episode. can tell.
1: Yeah, you're and very I- stimulated by this. I'm glad because I was worried this was going to be a really kind of low-key, we're both brain-fried-at-the-end-of-the-night kind of an episode, but you've been fired up by this stuff.
0: I am very fired up by it, and I think part of it is that behind every piece of music, or any piece of art, honestly, whether it's intentional or not, there's a philosophy behind it. And I think part of the reason why, and this is getting really deep, but like why we like the music we like might have something to do with the philosophy in the music. And I don't just mean the lyrics, but like what the music is saying or the, the motive behind the person who wrote it, it does come across. And when we when we resonate with that philosophy, for instance, I feel like the philosophy of Koji Kondo is a very selfless one. It's a very much like the music is first, the idea and the end result. He's bringing the listener very generously along by having a simple, accessible tune that's unprotected Yeah, it's not about showing off his creative genius. So but it's using his genius to support something like that. Uh, So there's a philosophy in there in the same way that the philosophy in this is about creativity. It's about spontaneity. It's about taking chances. And it's about exuberance, a sort of flamboyant, colorful love of sound, love of music, harmony, melody, groove, all of it production and just Cranked up to 11 and there's a philosophy in that that I find really appealing and very inspiring because I think if we all were to approach the kind of whatever subgenre whatever type of music we make if we all would approach it with this kind of energy,
1: I think our music would be 500 times better totally agree. The next track we have, uh, looks like we're we're wrapping up here. This is the last track before our playout. This is another Watanabe. So we have two back-to-back Watanabe compositions. This one's called Move from EX3. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Move, uh, again by Yasuhisa Watanabe from EX3. Wow, I mean, to say that we're impressed with this series is an understatement. It's been really flooring to both of us. It's been funny to hear how philosophical Will's been getting uh, tonight <laughs> from from this music. You were saying when we were listening to this that sometimes, you know, your brain is just so tired that you kind of... Like you were saying you were almost entering a delirium state. That reminds me of what Bruce was saying about like entering that that state when you're you're almost unencumbered or something Um, and
0: i think that's particularly you know with his age he has a very clear and objective perspective of if you've been a composer for that many decades especially a media composer who has to write theme songs and score tv shows and write movies and do concert music and do all of it it's like He's aware, probably, of all the different ways to create. And, I mean, I don't know. I've definitely found that there is something to those... We hours in the morning when yeah, you're tired. Yeah, I was. I was surprised. I was
1: a little worried. I mean, I'm very tired right now. Um, but I was worried that both of us were just gonna be like, "Yeah, this is uh, this is cool. Uh, what would we got next?" You know. But like the music is just so good that it really fires us up. I feel it like we're gonna inspire. have a we're gonna have a come down. Like after we press stop, we're just gonna completely I'll literally crash. faint and face plant <laughs> into the wood. Floors. Well, guys, we better get this out here. Um, so we're gonna play you guys out with character edit from EX3, which was composed by Ayako Sasso, a really nice way to send you on your way. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this was a really cool series. I mean, I, I'm glad we did it. I think both of us have a new fondness for this subset of Street Fighter music. Another shout-out to Carlos. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm i going to take another
0: listen to, I think, every single one of these tracks. Um, because nice. Because I have a new project that I'm about to start working on, and I'd love to kind of study at the altar of some of this music uh, and figure out just <laughs> really like nice, how dude. it works, especially some of the the rhythmic stuff is just so impressive to me that you can do really advanced, um, complex, uh, progressive, like fusiony is the wrong word. It's
1: progressive musical yeah, choices, but to sure. do
0: it in such a pop context
1: is really cool. Well, I'm really excited. I can finally announce this. So at time of release, um, this previous Friday, I officially announced my new album, which I've been working on for a long time, and I haven't officially announced, but it's called Wave Maker, and it's going to be released on Friday, June 4th, so look forward to that. I have I released a, a really short little teaser announcement video um, that you can check out. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been putting a lot of love um, into, into this album over the past, I don't know how many months. Some really fun collaborations in here. So really excited for everyone to hear it. So stay tuned. I'm sure I'll talk about it in the coming weeks more. But yeah, man, it's coming. I can vouch. It is dope. Will's hurt. Will's hurt a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, It's not really my thing, but uh, it's it's cute that you like to
0: that you like to. Do. No. <laughs> sometimes I do you ever hear like sometimes I'll hear people give comments because I so there's so many comments in school that people get and Sometimes people say something and, and I you know, no one says, but I want to follow up and be like, is that compliment insulting? Because if someone says I feel like it's really insulting when people are like, oh, this is really fun. Oh, that's fun. It's kind of like, oh, is that really Oh, that's the only thing you say. Yeah.
1: yeah it depends it, if it's following the else. It's a little
0: diminishing. Else. Like, imagine if I went to see your funk show. Well, we say that a lot on the podcast. Afterwards, I'm like, really fun, man. Yeah. That's, yeah, you guys are, <laughs> that's that's, all you said. it's almost kind of like, oh, you guys
1: are cute. That's, oh, it's nice that you think you can yeah. make music, you know? But no, seriously, though, it's, <laughs> it's been um, really helpful to, to kind of, have you as a sounding board of like show like being really excited oh i can't wait to show will this track which has happened a couple times likewise man i mean that's um, one of my
0: favorite things about doing game music projects is i feel like we both share stuff with each other very regularly and carlos as well now is in the loop and marty of course
1: yeah so and then and you guys may have seen but the album artwork um is by our our good friend alberto who is a friend of carlos as well who's also an outstanding artist um he took a amazing photo that now people are introduced as friend of carlos like he's basically (laughs) the all encompassing that's
0: how we first center of our podcast yeah that's how we
1: first met him so thanks alberto for that awesome photo all right guys we're gonna get out of your hair we're really tired enjoy character edit i think that's it my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann have a great
2: (laughs) night everybody peace
1: out.